Hey, good evening, everyone. All right, Yaz, looking forward to another really cool and interesting discussion. Just while everyone's uh, waiting as, before we start, it'd be great if everyone could just share this on their platforms. And I'm going to do a little repost now and, you know, just to retweet it and see if we can get as many people listening as we can. Most definitely. How you been, man? Yeah, been great. Just keeping busy, you know, with the spring season, just getting underway. Really excited. You know, it's been quite good uh, where it's just been hectic because we're getting ready for uh, tryouts, as they call it over here, um, which is a huge part of the year. Very busy. And then, obviously, a lot of our players have uh, been going for various different opportunities. So, we've had some at the, the academy, which is great, and progress within the academy. And, you know, others do well in other areas. So, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Just, uh, we'll give it another minute or so. I'll see who we can get in the room and we'll get cracking. Right, Joe, should we get cracking? We'll just I see who joins us. You ready, Jared? Yeah, let's go for it. Do you want to kick us off with some intro? Yeah, Jared Jones, uh, coach developer, works in the academy game different across different age groups, different uh, roles, head of coaching, lead academy coach, under 21 assistant, currently working as a director of coaching 
uh, in the United States, as well as working as a coach educator for US soccer and, and done some stuff with the FA. So lots of different experiences alongside uh, studying my PhD right now uh, in practice design and, and skill adaptation. So pretty cool. Awesome. Uh, guys, uh, again, thank you for everyone that's with us tonight. Uh, my, my name is Yas, similar to Gerard, coach developer, coach for many years, working across different different areas of the game. Um, really, this, you know, not enough about the intro. Let's get straight into the heart of this one, Gerard. Announced or unannounced, should practice be either or? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I, I like it as a topic because my first thought was, you know, it's important to probably... Uh, define what we're talking about, right? So we're all on the same page. So announced meaning that we've 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 pretty much told everyone what's about to happen, whether it's certain rules or or challenges or whether the objective is. So it could be as simple as, hey, you know, Blues, your, your objective is how uh, number of passes equals the number of goals you score, or uh, Blue team, you're looking to find different ways to, you know, how quickly can you play forward. Or how can you uh, score from wide areas? How can we get the ball and attack the wide spaces? So we're telling everyone what, you know, and it might be that if you score from there, it's worth three. If you play from a centre, it's worth one. Or whatever it is based on the objectives that you and the training goals you're trying to, to amplify and get out of the session. And then obviously, like Reds, opposition, when you get the ball, you're looking to do X, Y, Z. So that would be announced. And unannounced would then be the opposite of that. You know, that's how I've interpreted it in that, you know, we're, we're, it's purely uh, random. We've not told them what to look for. Uh, we've spoken to perhaps one team, maybe. You know, that could be one w- way of being quite skillful for the coach and almost sort of telling the team, you know, you could get them into small groups and you could give the Reds a challenge to say, hey, your challenge is X. But then let's see if the Blues can figure that out. So for the Blues, it's unannounced. So I think there's opportunity for both. And where my question is, I'd love to throw this back to you, Yaz, is, and everyone in the room listening, is how much of your practice currently is announced versus unannounced? Because this was something I was reflecting on myself recently, and I was looking where I thought, actually, a lot of the stuff I'm doing is announced, but the game is unannounced. You know, the game is random. So uh, we're often, you know, doing a lot of challenges. We're, we're running activities but we're telling everybody everything and what's what's going to happen. So I made a conscious effort recently in recent uh, situations where I've actually been doing stuff more unannounced just to see can the other team figure out how are the opposition trying to play? What's their strategy? Can they read those triggers in order to solve a problem and things like that? So I think there's benefits for both. And I think it's, you know, the skill of the coach in recognising like how can you how can you and when would you use a, an announced or an unannounced practice? You know, what's the reasons for it to get out wherever it is that you want to achieve? But it'd be interesting, Yaz, you know, one, your thoughts on that, and two, you know, how much of your practice is announced versus unannounced right now and everyone in the room? Yeah, no, there's a lot in there. I think to start with, I think um, it's really important, like you said, you know, just to just tap into the definitions of what we're looking at here. And I think... Um, it, you know, I had a question earlier around, you know, is this is this similar to the constant variable random stuff? And I, I don't think it is quite. I think it's, quite, it's slightly slightly different in the sense that it could still be constant, it could still be variable, and it could still be random in terms of the nature of the practice. However, it's how explicit we're being with the players, if you like, ahead of the actual activity taking place. Um, and I think certainly there is a place for both. Uh, and I think it's more considering what the reasons are behind using an announced practice as opposed to an unannounced practice. Typically, you know, if if we go down the route that you've kind of explained it, the unannounced aspect is very much right an observation piece, really, around how the, how well the players can actually identify and potentially solve problems. But I think it's more specifically identifying them in the first case. Um, whereas with the announced stuff, it's like, well, here's the problem, and then obviously that should then inform potentially your coaching interactions and behaviours that you imp- impact you know, impart upon the players. So I think there's a lot in there. I think for me personally, I mean. I probably not, now that I think about it, I think a lot of my stuff is unannounced and it probably has been for a while because I, and I think that naturally lead, lends itself to the way I coach. I'm very much uh, guided discovery or even you go one further and guided exploration with my players in terms of lots of 
lots of developing of awareness, checking checking for clarity of understanding um, with the with the players I work with. And it's, it's a loads, there's loads of questions all the time, and asking them to pay attention to the environmental variables and things that might impact and influence their performance within it. So I think for me, definitely the unannounced piece. I guess you know, question for you is when you're when you're looking at the unannounced or the announced piece, are you how well do you correlate that? Um, or considering, in fact, within your practice design as well, in terms of, right, I'm setting the practice up in a certain way because I want to go with the unannounced, or, you know, surely then you're probably paying a little bit more consideration as to what the practice actually looks like, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm certainly being really careful about what individuals that I want to try and challenge. You know, every training session, we should be thinking about the individuals within the within the group yes we can do <clears throat> excuse me like a, a, a sort of global uh, generic type activity where it's touching on a lot of things but really you know if we're, if we're trying to be good at what we do we want to think about who's going to be there tonight and how can we make sure that they're getting a personalized experience so then in that i'm thinking about you know i was watching this even with goalkeepers the other day where you know, often uh, the goalkeeper coach, he'll, he'll tell the, the, the keeper what to expect. So everything's announced, isn't it? He's telling them what to expect from the, the type of striking service, how he, where he's going to hit the ball, what the, the practice rule is, or what the player's expected to do within that activity. But that isn't the game, is it? And then, interestingly, that keeper needs to get better at like most of us it's it's understanding that how can we design their ability to look for information within the environment in order to solve a problem so i keep going back to this phrase you know practices search guiding players to look for information what are the triggers that we're trying to get them to look for so because this keeper in particular but there was obviously there was probably about six or eight keepers within the within the session that he was running the other day as an example but the one I'm thinking about needs to recognise like, at what point are they coming out to close that player down in that one-on-one situation? How are they doing it? Can, can they recognise when to to get there and stop this and block the shot? Do they stay closer to the goal line? What do they do? Now that's based on obviously the game, like information, isn't it? Hip flexion, foot placement, context-specific information. And then there's other times where within the practice, the keeper's done it, the goalkeeper coach has done it maybe slightly more unannounced, where the keeper might be aware of maybe like the practice rule, if you like, but not necessarily the the service type, but always aware of the service and not some of the other factors. And obviously, the, the closer you can get to live, which is like the real game, where everything is just not, it's the real game, it's random, unpredictable, dynamic, chaotic then that's obviously going to be better. But I think, you know, to answer your question, Yaz, it's how do you scaffold that, right? Because obviously not everyone's ready for complete unannounced or live. Like, they're not ready for that. And how do you build that within the practice? So what I've tried to do is with certain people, I'm announcing what the sort of practice design is or what the rules are or or what the even objective is. Like, if, if this team, their mission is X, and with this particular player, his task is this. And then with others, it's not. So to give an example, you know, central midfield player was in a 1v1 duel within the within the practice design. It was a normal attack v defence situation, possession game, directional with goals. But because of how I'd coned off a certain area, there was certain and matched them up, right, in certain shapes, the structure, the formation of each team. There was a natural one-on-one against one of our midfielders and theirs because he needs to get better at dealing with pressure from behind, dealing with contact. How does he lose people? His movement, he tends to turn and always turn into to people. He's not aware of where that other guy is. So it gave him some different strategies. So again, he's aware of the task, right? So it's announced. He's aware of the some of the other challenges. And it helped him because for that individual... He needed to solve that problem and recognise, you know, does he move behind him? Does he move away? Does he make a double move? Is he checking to see where the guy is on his blind side before he attempts to turn and play forward? How is he receiving? Does he roll him? So 
it's it's a game like situation where everything's unpredictable. It's varied experiences, but he's aware of what types of because of the practice design, if that makes sense, the structure of the practice. He's aware of what certain constraints are going to be there. Obviously, what happens, it's going to be random. Whereas in other cases, it's unannounced. It could be as simple as one team. Can you figure out how they're trying to play? So they've been given a strategy that they've got to look to try and score goals, X, Y, Z. That's their mission. But have it's almost like tactical warfare. Can your defending team figure out what is their strategy? Who are they looking to try and play for based on the goals that they're scoring? And then if you do figure it out, what's the strategy to stop it? Because nobody announces everything in a game, do they? You know, unless you can hear what the coach is shouting on the sideline. Typically, you, you're playing a game and you're trying to figure out for the first time what's their shape, who are the best players, who, what players are having a big impact on the game. Are they typically playing to this one player and that's where everything is? Are there multiple players? What do their shape look like in animation? What are they doing? You know, are they predominantly playing down the right side and not the left? Is that a threat? Is that where we're weak? Like players are having to solve these problems, aren't they? Yeah. So I think, you know, to answer your question, there might be times where now I'm becoming more reflective and I'm thinking within the design, the practice, can it design more opportunities where there's like more towards a live game, more towards like an unannounced where they're not aware of everything? And it gets them to figure stuff out because ultimately that'll prepare them better, right? But then it's with some players, I might have to be a bit more announced. So I might have to announce what the rules are and where you're looking to score and why, because it will obviously gain clarity on the activity, but also you're building the learning. So I guess it's a, it's a skillful answer. Uh, you know, we've got to be skilled in how we're designing for individuals and, and small groups within the larger group. Yeah, I think you're spot on. You know, just as you're speaking, it's making me think like, you know, it's really important that, you know, as coaches, we don't, um, if you like, misinterpret what the meaning of some of these things are and also understand how, you know, whether a practice is announced or announced you know, subsequently can have a direct impact on the way in which we interact with the players in the practice and the sessions. And I think the key, the key thing is, you know, I, w- I want anyone, everyone to really take away from this is more, why am I choosing to use an announced or unannounced practice? What are the benefits of it? And not just having the benefits of it there and you know, written down almost, but working towards actually realizing those benefits, if that makes sense. You know, you, I think I think many a time you know when we hear about different different terminology or different ways of working or even trends within the within the coaching world, I think we can be in danger sometimes of just doing it because it's the new thing in, if that makes sense, or it's the latest thing that we that's been discussed, or and we're not actually doing enough work maybe behind, you know, stepping back if you like and just observing and analysing whether it's actually working or actually doing the job, doing what it's meant to be doing. So I think from that perspective, it's really important that you know we do kind of dissect that a little bit further and really interrogate the effectiveness of our sessions and our practice design. So I think in terms of, but you know, I think one of the key things that came out as you were speaking as well was almost just because it's announced doesn't mean it has to. It can't be random. It can be. It, it still can be. But it might be right. These, you know, let's have a think about right the opposition are going to be set up in a particular formation. That in itself is announcing announcing part of the practice. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's almost, if you like, somewhat a kind of loose term as well in recognising that some elements might be announced, some might be unannounced, but it's, it's recognising, like I said, why specifically we're choosing to go with that. And in your example, who it might be more beneficial or impactful for in those, in those particular moments. Just something to think about there as well, and I think Gerald, my question will come back to you. Then is is that when you're looking at designing your practices and you're deciding whether a practice should be announced or unannounced, how much of an impact or what kind of variables do you then start to consider in, in terms of how that manifests within your coaching behaviours in within the session? Yeah, this is the the good stuff, right? So. What I've been doing now more recently and, and in general for a number of years, but you, obviously as we become, like you said, you, you're sort of aware of certain terms or certain methods, certain approaches, it gets you thinking and reflecting more, doesn't it? 
Um, I would say that I'm constantly looking at is this relevant and what the players need because you've got your team sort of concepts, if you like, that you're always trying to embed and we want to make sure that we're, we're providing or we should be providing clarity on our identity. You know, how does this relate to how we want to play? Um, and I think that's important, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, everything's got to relate to ultimately, like, what's that going to look like on a match day, on a Saturday, on a Sunday, whenever you play your next game? Have they got that clear identity in the mind? So I'm always trying to develop that relevance to their game and the clarity, even in things, whether it's positional possession, whether it's a 1v1 game, whether it's a 2v1, 1v2, whatever the activity is, whatever the problem is, however I design it, I'm always trying to think, like, how does this relate to what they're going to potentially see as problems and scenarios and experiences on a match day. So you're trying to link that learning and cl- and create that learning line, if you like. And then from that, then I'll look at, you know, if something's going to be more announced or unannounced. And again, I was reflecting on this as I said at the start, I probably say everything. So it's only now where I'm becoming more conscious of, and it's, and like you said, some stuff can still be announced, but on a, you know, you've told them the shape of the opposition doesn't mean you're going to know how everyone's going to play and how that might change. I think what it's made me more conscious of, Yaz, is thinking, like, don't give away all the clues and who is this for, as you said. So what are we doing this for and who is it for? But not trying to tell them everything and all the coaching points and all the answers. But actually, let's see if we can give them as little as information as possible but enough that it's enough for them to play the game. They understand the rules of the, the, the game. They can play, but they can start to solve problems and think for themselves and become more game responsive because that's something that we want. You know, we want our players to develop the ability to to go, wow, you know, Yaz and so-and-so, they're playing and these areas are causing us problems. So-and-so, you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to do this. And, and the players are actually coming up with the strategies versus looking to the bench for the answer, right? And then you're developing that dependency on the coach to constantly come in and save the day and give the coaching points and give the answers. But how? And there is still a place for that, but I think it's a great value where if we can give them enough just to get going and then see how it evolves, you know, that's quite powerful because then, you know, you ask the question of how that influences coaching behaviour. For me, I'm starting to become really... Uh, sort of conscious in my thinking of what players am I going to be more direct with and and not. So versus always um, before it was almost like with the sort of same coaching behaviours throughout. With some people, you might have to be a bit more direct in your instruction. With others, you might have to be a bit more guided. With others, you might have to be a bit more sit back observation, skillful neglect. You see something, you're thinking, do you know what? I want to touch on that, but I'm going to leave that for another day. And others are more hustle because they respond to that. But then I've also got to think about, you know, within the within the, the overall objective is how is this helping them get better for tomorrow, you know? Sorry, Yaz, I saw you. Yeah, no, I was up. just thinking something that you said there and it kind of just jumped out at me straight away is, and now, you know, giving them an idea of what's important, you know, what, and I think this just kind of ties into something that I, t- I try to do quite a lot in, I'm very much reflective with my players and I want to really develop an awareness and understanding of what the variables are that might impact their performance. So quite often, what I'd probably look to do is maybe announce what the variables are that might impact on them. So key things, you know, if we use, I don't know, scanning as an example, we often want players to check for certain things. Now for me, that, that, that in an indirect way is, is almost announcing what to look out for, if that makes sense. And then it's the unannounced piece around that. It's like, well, what do you notice about these things? It's just where I start to maybe examine and, and explore with them what their observations are around the announced variables, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love it. And, and you know yourself, you can be skillful because, you know, it, it doesn't always necessarily mean you have to tell them what to, what, what to look at, sorry, even like uh, where to look. But you might just give them a challenge where it's like, how often can you be looking for information? At what points are you looking for information? 
is it in between touches? Is it as he's got as he's controlling the ball? Where when are you doing your scans off the ball and just the timing of of certain looks? Um, but we're not necessarily telling them, you know, what to do or how to move. But like you said, you know, you, you're guiding them, and then they'll hopefully pick up on things and go, oh, and that they're able to lock onto that information because you've 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 sort of said to them, well, what's over here? And they're able to pick that out. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And then obviously you're just developing their their knowledge, really, but their ability to apply that knowledge. You know, I think, I mean, one of our key qualities we've got within our club, we talk about learning quickly as well as learning consistently. Because we know that, you know, learning goes up and down. It's not linear. We know that we'll forget things. You're always fighting the forgetting curve. You've got all these different challenges and performance will go up and down. But we want players to be able to continuously take on board information quickly, adapt, but try to learn consistently. You know, and I think that's a huge challenge in itself. And that's where I've been flirting with this announced and unannounced. I think it's something that people can try. Try in your own environments and try it in different ways because then what you'll start to see is, oh, did I really need to say that? I didn't because you. what I've noticed is in some practices I've done where it's been more, as I say, I've given them enough information for them to play, but I've given them little and it's been quite unannounced, but they've still figured stuff out. And then that sort of made me think, well, hang on a minute, you know, before I would have told, I would have said everything. And it would have been very announced. You've told them what's happening, where this team's trying to score, what team's doing what, X, Y, Z, this player's challenge. This is, you know, as simple as that, number of passes you make equals number of goals you score. I mean, that's a great one that we've all used if we want to encourage building up for possession, getting passes in, when to play quick and cash in quickly or when to build more passes, you know, and sustain. It's a fantastic challenge to encourage but do we need to announce that to the world? Could you just say that to one team and say, hey, you're going to be rewarded for the more passes you make, but don't tell the other team. And if you can find Yaz in positions in between their lines, so in this space here, and you show them what here is, and you say, if you can find him here, so you encourage them to penetrate vertically, and it leads to a shot on goal or a goal, it's worth an extra point for you. Oh, brilliant. And then let's see if the other team can figure that out. Because one, they've got to figure out, well, who are they trying to play into? It looks like they're always trying to find Yaz, who seems to be their free player. And he's hurting us because he's receiving behind our line of pressure. And in between. And our defence is occupied, so no one knows whether to close him down or not because then we're leaving somebody else free. But they're very good at building up. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, but there might be times that they don't build lots. They might build, build, make a few passes and play Yaz in. So, again, are we developing our defenders to, well, everyone really, but our players to be able to look out for this information? You know, and we've started to do that even in our half-time talks. And then obviously embedding half-time talks within the sessions each week. So it's almost like you're preparing them for that second half and you're getting the players to go, you know, what are the key problems? What do we do well? What could we do even better? And it's just developing their ability to be really good analysts, really good reflectors. So I, I think it's a great skill, something that we can play with, right, Yaz? And just think yeah. about getting better, you know, and then the rationale of why we're 100%, doing what we're doing. I think you're spot on there. Just, just before we continue, I think it's really important just to remind everyone that um, tonight's conversation in particular and obviously the next three weeks uh, we're going to be trialling out a new process in which um, you can actually be rewarded CPD hours for your participation in the conversations and the completion of a very brief post-session task as well so just wanted to kind of remind everyone of that as well but I think just you know, just thinking about what you said there around using it in half-time team talks I had a situation just yesterday actually where um, team that I was, I was I was supporting yesterday They've got to the final game of the season, and essentially, if they win the game, they could potentially win the league. And I've actually asked them at the start of the start of the game, you know, how do you want to approach this? Because typically, my coaching behaviors are very much um, with a focus of development, with the focus on trying to again help the players get more awareness, more understanding of what's taking place in the game, and how to further develop that. Um, some of those questions which you just mentioned there around what went well, even better ifs, them sort of things, and. 
what I found myself doing in this particular situation only because of the, the, the nature of the game. And I think it might be something I'd take with me going. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Forward in, in future games as well. Um, in, some, in terms of having some sort of agreement or declaration, if you like, of how the players actually want us to uh, work with them on match day. Do they see today as an opportunity for development? Therefore, they want us to have a development hat on? Do we come up with an agreement of some sort where we um, identify certain games of the season where they want us to change that approach um, and that's dictated and decided on by them um, and then subsequently priming them and setting their expectations on what what that might look like from us as coaching um, and also about what the expectations might be from them and then as players. So as an example of yesterday's game, it was where right, they, they, they said, well, we, we, we want to approach this because we in a way that it's a must-win game, so we want you to be a bit more direct with that. I was like, okay, fine. Um, this is what this might look like. Are you are you happy with that? And I think it's just having that agreement as well. So I think it's not just announcing things within sessions and uh, you know in your training in your training environment, but actually, how does that then lead itself and lend itself to the match day environment as well, in terms of setting those expectations and those agreements and those declarations with the players, so that the expectations are clear. Um, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that one, though, George. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, I think there's um, definitely license for it because there were certain games where I always remember coaching Rochdale. There'd be certain games where we'd ask the players before the season what games are going to be tough experiences and why. Because you'd have your games program right with your cat three, so you know when you're playing a Carlisle, an Oldham, a Tramier, uh, whoever, and then um, or a Burnley or whatever, and then you'd have your other ones where, or Preston and so on. I'm just remembering them now, and what games are going to be tough, like real tough games, um, and then and why? And then the other one was obviously when you're playing obviously certain Cat One academies outside of your games program and other things, and then we would mix it up, you know, and we would, to your point, like there'd be times where the players would want more of that and it would be more direct or. There was even times where we allowed the the players to pick the starting lineup, um, which I know is a controversial one. That's probably another topic for another day. But players pick the lineup, players set the objectives, they led the talk before the game. Not that there has to be this overall big talk or every game, but they let what the the challenge was for today. Um, and again, I think that's fascinating, you know, because you're seeing what bits from their perspective they've picked out, which might be different. To- you think, you know? So just on that, then you know, you, you, talk, talk, talk me through that because you know you, you're talking about start of season, identifying potential uh, challenges that in games. What what does that conversation look like between you and the players? In fact, well, it was. It was actually one of the coaches I used to work with. And basically, we sat the players down. This was at Rochdale with the 14s. I think we did it with the 12s as well. And um, long story short, you know, we'd, we'd literally just said to him, like, there's the games program, which <laughs> it started off by going, which games do you think you can win and lose? And that was a bit weird because we were quite curious. Like, you know, you, you might say to me as a player, I don't know, and you'd be like, I'm going to win every game, you know. But it was actually funny because certain kids, and a lot of them grouped together, and they pretty much put, um, we're going to struggle against whoever it was. Um, I'd have to look back at my notes, but I can remember there was a certain team, it was like, that one, we're probably going to lose that game, but we'll win these games, they're easy, we'll definitely beat them, batter them. And it was fascinating because you get, from that, we were able to get their mentality. Because we always assume things, I think. That's another problem with coaching. You, you, there's assumptions, isn't there? But they're playing the game, not us. How can we get more in their heads and figure out, you know, what are they thinking and feeling? Because for us, the games that they thought were easy wins, well, that obviously tells us, you know, it doesn't matter whether it is an easy win or not. You can't take your foot off the gas. You know what I mean? 
you can't assume and you can't, are we going to drop our standards? And if we do lose that game, which we felt was an easy win, how's that going to affect you? So nothing's an easy win. So again, it was like about our, it was another opportunity to embed our values and, and um, <clears throat> you know, our objectives and what we think. And then the ones that were going to be tough wins, obviously it was like, why? Why is that going to be a tough game? What is it about them? And then they were quite good. They were like, well, this is why. Like, they're very good at this, or they're quite direct. They're quite physical. They're normally quite, you know, bullies a little bit physicality-wise or whatever. So we were able to go, okay. And you're just gathering information. Do you know what I mean? And then you can use those as teaching moments, you know, and then obviously how that programs into your training. And again, it might come back to the announce and unannounce, you know, what bits are you sharing? What bits aren't you? You know, if you're aware that certain teams are, you know, I always remember what typically you'd play like Oldham would always be physical, aggressive, quite direct. Um, so again, you know what you're up against. You know, you'd go to normally Preston, Burnley, they used to play uh, 11v11 instead of 9v9 at U12. They'd always want to get their teams into 11v11 earlier, whereas we were always 9v9. But the home team decides what the game format is. So there's a challenge, right? Because now we're playing a a format of the game that we don't train every week. We're not used to playing. We typically play nine aside, but then in these games we're playing 11 11 because the the home club dictates. So there's like little things like that you got to try and adapt to, right? And then how does that influence your practice design? And what bits are you sharing with the players to to figure out? And what bits aren't you? What bits are you quite explicit? And I think that's where this announce and unannounce can also go. If we're really thinking about practice design or match day, to your point, you know, match day and match prep, what bits are you deciding as a coach to be really explicit on? And what bits are you purposefully deciding and designing to be implicit on? Where you're not explicit in what the rule is or what the, you know, it's a non-negotiable, you do this, he does this, and we're going to do this. But actually, you, you create an environment where it's, it's implicit and it's learning and it's them figuring it out themselves. And it, I think that's where us, it develops us as coaches to be really good reflectors, doesn't it? You know, and just how we're planning and why we're planning yeah. what we're doing. You know, can we become more purposeful in our planning? And that'll look different depending on what level you're working at. You know, there's people here who are, you know, might be working in or have worked in the professional game, the people working at grassroots game. There's people working at under 18s, there's people working at under 12s. So it'll look very different for everyone. But I think that's a great start. You know, if if you can become more purposeful in why you're going to say what you're going to say, why you're going to design what you're going to design, then you, you're just having a clearer rationale versus just winging it. You know, You've, you, we've really got to think about what is it that we're going to be explicit on and what bits are we going to be implicit on. I think you're spot on. I think two key things that really come out for me off the back of what you just said. I think first and foremost is that rationale piece is just making sure that whatever we're planning and delivering for for the players, whether that be in relation to match day or the training environment itself, the ra- rationale is great, but evidence, what is the evidence that's linked to the rationale? Wait, can you justify that? Because I think from my experiences, players always want to know the why. Um, and I think that's, that's really key. And then obviously, looking at being more specific about the individuals and the players that you're working with, how much work are we doing in terms of considering how best they how best they interact with information? I think it's great that we've got you know different types of practices and different types of coaching behaviors, but how often do we go to the extent of actually just ask you know just seeking clarity from the players and getting a gauge gauge and perception around what they find to be impactful coaching behaviors and coaching and uh, interactions for their own learning. You know, is it something that they're already conscious of? Like, for instance, you know, if I use myself as an example, if if someone starts to tell me something, I, I, I pause them straight away. So I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. You're going to need to show me in some way, shape, or form. I need to see it. Um, I already look. I already know that. You know, whilst it's not my only way of learning, it's my preferred way of learning because I get to visualize it. Other players might be different. Other coaches might be different. But I think it's just really important to kind of get that clarity and. Something that you said earlier, you know, not not almost having a one size fits all approach in understanding that not everyone's going to um, take on board the messages in the same way as 
the next person. So I think it's really important as coaches that we start to look at more of how we're impacting the players rather than just how we're delivering the information for ourselves because it's what we're, what we're used to or what we, if you like, feel comfortable with. So just something to think about there as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that, Gerard. I agree. I agree. And I think it'd be great, you know, just to get get anybody else's questions, right? I mean, we, we've shared a lot there around. It's probably a lot to go over, really, in terms of match day, practice. Again, just how this relates to you, your environment, your context, why you're doing what you're doing with your players. The unannounced versus announced, and how you can create this experience for the players and why you're, you're being more this way or that way, you know, depending on what it is you're trying to, to elicit. So I'm just curious what questions or even observations people have got in the room, you know, while they're listening. I don't know if you've got any questions, Jazz, for the, for the group. You know, my first one is if, you know, anybody who's listening, if there's any questions you've got or perhaps even if you can reflect on, you know, how announced or unannounced is your current, you know, practice. If you were to reflect on your own coaching behaviours now, what would it be, and and perhaps even what would you do differently? Evening, Tony. How are you, man? Yeah, all good, man. Thanks. Um, it's, an, it's a great conversation, um, but I, I I just keep going back to something that I've said when we've had these things before uh, about if we if we truly want our coaching, and I know this is a, a subject that you're going to touch on in a couple of weeks, I think, um, to be player led, we have to take a broader view of of the players that we're dealing with. Um, and again, I've mentioned before, sometimes I might be the coach of a team um, who want to turn up for training once a week, turn up on a Saturday. They don't want to be, I don't want to, uh, I guess burdened would be the word with objective this and game plan that. They just want to turn up and play football. Um, so my practices are using these definitions, which I must admit, the, the first time um, I saw the uh, I saw the title of the, the Twitter space, I've got to tune in here because this is something I've never heard of before. Um, and I know that Graham, who's listening, uh, has, asked, has asked a couple of questions in the text boxes. Uh, sorry, not Graham. It was it was Steve Pithian, who, who's an FA tutor. And, and he posed the question earlier on. And again, I he came up with something which I'd never heard of. And actually, unless I'm very much mistaken, all we're talking about here is whether we tell the players what we're going to do, um, which I, I kind of do in a general way. So tonight we're going to be working on X, Y, or Z. Um, but certainly with the players that I've got now, um, I'm going to use a, a Gerard's example from earlier on. If we're telling player A to always play into play, player B, I think he, he used you, uh, he has his name as, a, as an example. We also have to tell player B what we want player A to do. Otherwise, player B is never going to get into that area that player A is aiming for. So, for me, it, it's almost an all or nothing thing. So, I guess I'm fairly general in as much as so tonight we're going to work on playing into the final third from wherever. And that might be as as exact or as specific as I personally make it. Um, because, like Gerard touched on earlier on, I want the game to be as realistic as possible. I want it to resemble what they're going to come up against on Saturday afternoon or, or Sunday morning. So, that whilst there'll be some structure to my practice, 100%, because... I need the ball to be in a certain area to get the topic to come out. If I can't get it there organically by just playing the game, then 
I need to manufacture that bit of it. But what happens next has to come from what the players do, how the centre-forward interacts with the number 10, how the 9 and 10 operate with wide players. So I don't want to put too much um, instruction, I guess, to, to individual players because that's not them playing the game. That's me playing the game for them. I think you spot on, Tony. I think someone just listening to you there, even that last statement and the, the bits before, it's where does this fit within the, the sort of overall session? You know, if we take a session as an example, there will be times where we need to be probably more explicit. We need to announce what's going to happen. Hey, I'm playing the ball. I want this player to to receive and do X and look to find ways to play forward. How he does that is up to him. But I need you to be able to create different types of movements to receive, play forward. The defender, I need you to find, show me ways to stop him playing forward, whatever. And there might be times where we need to do that. Or even more explicit than that, I want you to do this type of action. You're going to bounce it back. You're going to, or you're going to try and roll him using screening or whatever. So I agree there will be times where that, and then it's, I guess, the case is at what point within the practice, like what practice activity does it lend itself to becoming more unannounced or going towards more of a, a live game where we don't have to say as much? Because if we tell them everything, they know what to expect. You know, the service is the same, the pass is coming from the same source, you know, and things like that. Then, yes, we'll get high amounts of repetitions, um, but there's going to be, depending on the, how this, the activity is structured, there could be limited amounts of decision-making. And that might be okay, depending on, I guess, the individuals, you know, and I guess where it comes into is how can we get it where there's meaningful repetitions? To your point, the players are solving the problems. There's a high amount of repetitions that are meaningful, but lots of decision-making being made where there might be a different source. So we're designing an activity or a problem where it's varied the ball can come from different locations. The attackers can do different things. How does that now, you know, affect the decision or the choice of the other players? You know, and they've got to figure stuff out. So we've given them a simple rule of here's what we're doing to score. But once we've established the rules, how are they figuring stuff out within it? And then how can we get more towards that uh, pure live game and, so that's what I was thinking. Anyway, listening to what you said there, Tony, I thought it was quite good, was I guess it's for coaches listening is where does this fit? Because it's not to say that it's all or nothing in all in the whole stream. Could it be that in certain parts of your session it lends itself more to being unannounced versus announced? Or what bits within the activities can you be more announced versus unannounced? For me, um, if I was going to look at the announced stuff, and I know that this is one of um, Yaz's pet hates, if I was doing um, an unopposed practice or a uh, a pattern, for example, then that might be more announced. So we're going to start with the ball in, in this area here. I want it to go to this player. I want you to set him. So it might be a crossing and finishing practice. As I'm speaking there, a crossing and finishing practice has just come into my head. So two midfield players breaking down the middle of the pitch, play it into the nine. He sets the 10. He hits an overlapping winger. That would be probably the only time that I would use uh, announced based on my understanding of, of, of what you two guys have been um talking about for 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 the biggest part of the the thing for the rest of it once i go into any form of attack versus defense and and i would say that 70% of my training these days is attack versus defense other than we're working on this part of the game that would be the only time you know I, I would use that announced, and even if we if if I had the luxury of having twenty two players and doing eleven v eleven, my focus would be in a particular area of the pitch or on a particular element. So, you know, 
I wouldn't be announcing it to those players or those units, but my focus would be around that area in the hope that it becomes obvious to those players that they are the focus of the practice. I like that a lot. And I think it's a great message to consolidate on because, you know, even practices I've seen recently where, um, to use an example, if it's attack me defence, but everything's announced in that, hey, if you win the ball up here, it's worth X amount of points. So it's encouraging. If we win the ball high, it's worth three points. If we win the ball here, it's worth one. Um, but what, what's to say that you can't just have that as a quiet word to those that particular team? But set them a strategy of, I want you to go hunt for the ball and apply as immediate pressure as high at the pitch as possible. But not tell the other team. So the other team don't know yet. Are they going to get pressed high? Are they not? And then to your point, they have to figure that out of, right, what's the main focus here? It's playing through pressure. So if they are going to press as high, because there'll be moments in a game where a team will press high, there'll be moments in a game where a team deliberately drop off. So it's, can the players recognise what different types of solutions do we do if and when the press is high, if and when they drop off and we're able to do something else? Um, which is cool and just creating maybe little, these little tactical warfares within those attack v defences or, or little games within games. Yaz, what's your yeah, thoughts? I think, a lot, I, think um, I think it's important that we don't get you know too bogged down with the terminology here and just identifying that fundamentally these are just different ways in which we can approach the, this, this thing that we call coaching, essentially. I think there's times where we might need to be announced in, the, in, in what we're doing and whether that be with individuals or collectively just so that we can get some real clarity and real specificity around the outcomes that we're going after. But I think the important thing here is that, you know, whether it be this conversation or any of the ones we've had before, the ones we're going to have in the future is these are just thoughts for consideration and thought and hopefully provoke thought for coaches to think about, well, how much can, you know, how much am I actually considering in terms of how I'm going to do this, why I'm going to do this, who I'm going to do it for and why that person needs this or why those group of people need that. And I think that's probably the biggest thing to kind of really to, really kind of delve into. Really, uh, you know, we've given a lot of information here. We know, we've heard examples that you've given. We've heard examples that I've given. We've heard examples that, that Tony shared as well. And I, th- I think fundamentally, look, one thing I'll always go back to is there's no, there's no one right way other than the way that works for the players that you're working with. And as long as you can understand and link the connections as to why that's why this has worked for those individuals, I think you I think you'll be on a you know you're pretty much on a good path there. Um, however, I think also to be considered within that is just because you set out with this approach, you set out with a certain plan ahead of the session or the match day in terms of how your interaction is going to be, what your behaviours are going to look like. If you are not getting the response that you've kind of set out and expected to get off the back of the interaction you're delivering. Then you need to you need to you need to you know a, a, a phrase that you like to use as well, Gerard, is you need to reflect in action and then do something about it there and then. Don't just let it ride and say, oh well, I'll, I'll address that next time I come around to come, come around to the situation or in my next session. Well, actually, what happens if that's in the first ten minutes of a ninety-minute session? Are you going to let it run for eighty minutes with the planned behaviours, knowing that these planned behaviours are not having a desired desired outcome um, or desired impact, if you like? I think it's, that's probably my, my biggest takeaway from that. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, though. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's all just... There's actually a really good um, discussion that's on YouTube with uh, a former colleague of mine, Adrian Tucker, where he was talking about... And I'd encourage anyone, you know, as an additional homework to this, check out and watch it. It's with Adrian, um, Tim Dittmer... And uh, I'm trying to think who else was on it, Anthony White, where they were even using, you know, this terminology as announced, unannounced. Uh, may have even been during the pandemic or maybe a year or two ago. But it was, um, there's been a few, I'm sure, different webinars with them and um, Aaron Danks when he used to work for the FA. But this one in particular in my mind is uh, on the importance of decision making and practice design for announced, unannounced sort of activities for goalkeepers. So I'd definitely check it out. You know, it's on England football learning. And I think all these things, it's just it's just different ways, like you said, just to get us to think more purposely about what we're doing. And I think, Tony, you made a great point earlier as well, is that, you know, not everyone's 
doing this full time in the sense of like high performance and they're going at it. You know, some coaches where they're genuinely just, you know what, I've come off a shift. I want to put on a great session for the lads tonight. And that's their part-time gig and that's what they're doing. And they don't want to be bogged down or, or their head exploded. You know, we don't want to make it too, I guess, complex. You know, this world coaching. You want to simplify it for them. And I think that's the best way, you know, off yours, off your definition. It's just thinking, you know, what is it that you're going to do to to be really meaningful, like create a meaningful experience, create a powerful, safe environment for the players to solve problems? And can you reflect in action if you're doing it? It could be as simple as the way you explain something. It could be as simple as making the area bigger, smaller, changing the organisation in some way, shape or form. And that amplifies or dampens something that you want to achieve. And that's it, you know, and just try things. Um, I think there's probably a, a good chance of us being at times maybe a naked chef. What do you reckon, Yaz, where you could almost just try little things and see how it works for you in your context, in your environment, your players, and just try it, you know, and and reflect on it and see how useful it was. But definitely check out some of these resources that are online as well because I think that can keep this conversation going, enhance what everyone you know, knows and, and, and so forth and just grow that curiosity. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think just really important there in terms of trying it. Try it, but understand why you're trying it. Try it, but understand, again, who it's for and what the potential outcome is meant to be. Don't just try it with a random thought of, I'm just going to do this and I have no idea what I'm working towards. You need to, you need to, you need to be very clear on the outcome is what the desired outcome is. And I think that, that I think that that shouldn't get misunderstood or misinterpreted as just go out and do what you want. Um, Although if you are going out to do what you want and you have understood that this this is what was working for your players, by all means do it. Because I think fundamentally that's, that's that's what it all comes down to, isn't it, Gerard? We want to make sure that whoever we're working with, in whichever environment we're working in, we're having an impact on them. But the challenge, I don't, you know, I'd, I'd probably just throw out there to all the coaches that are listening to this and anyone that's been involved in the conversation so far. Don't go after what you think works when it only gives you maybe 10 or 20%. Go after what might what it might look like to get 40, 50, 60%. Try and examine that. Try and explore that. What, how do you get more out of what you're doing? Don't just, you know, be, be satisfied with, oh, I know this works, so I'm going to stick to it. Is there a way, you know, just ask yourself, is there a way that this could be working better? Could I get this to work better? And it might not even be for every single player in the group. It might even be for a fraction of them. But can you get to a point where you're starting to challenge yourself on how can I make this better every single session? And I'll probably just finish off on that, Gerard. No, great stuff. And I don't know if anyone else has got any questions or comments or you know, agree, disagree, any, any reflections I'd like to share because this is what makes this Twitter space and the ones that we've done before really impactful is getting everyone's perspectives and experiences. So if anyone does have anything to share, feel free to to request to speak and we can add you in. Um, you know, as that's going on, if anyone wants to pipe up, feel free. Uh, the only thing I was going to add, Yad, was that, you know, we're, we're doing a series of these over the next few weeks May 7th being the first one tonight where it should practice be announced or announced as the topic. Um, you know, next week we've got how to lead players in taking ownership. And then we've got some other topics straight after that, you know, on May 21st and May 28th. So these are really exciting, you know, great opportunity for people to gain up to four hours CPD for attendance and, and completion of a post-session task, which you know, will be shared shortly uh, with everyone who's registered and a great way just to continue learning. I don't know if there's anything you want to add on that. No, yet. not at all. Um, other than, you know, to obviously register for your CPD hours is a link um, on my profile. I think it's on yours as well, Gerard. And what you can do is once you've, once you've registered for that link, we'll, we will notify you with um, the post-session tasks that you can complete to get your registered CPD hours. Um, but aside from that, guys, we'll be here for the next uh, three weeks in a row, um, trialing this new process of, of registering for CPDRs as part of the Twitter Spaces conversations we're having. So if you haven't already, please sign up, share it with others, uh, make sure you stay involved.
Amazing. Well, unless there's anything else, you know, really appreciate everyone jumping in and I'm excited for next week. I mean, next week's going to be really cool to unpack, which is, you know, how to lead players in taking ownership. So, you know, that's going to be a, a really cool discussion. Make sure you share it with as many people as possible. And then we're going to build on this, you know, over the coming weeks. Definitely. Gerard, have a good evening, guys. Thank you very much, Tony, for being involved. Everyone else has been in, involved in the conversation and listening. Um, you, you know, effort so much. Appreciate your presence. So much appreciated. We we'll hope to see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.